0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Centra Scripts, where we talk health and wellness and practical tips for your everyday life. And now here's your host, Kate Kolb. Thank you for joining us for our newest episode of Centra Scripts. My name is Kate Kolb and I'm here with Dr. Jerry Price, who is one of our fine physicians here with Centra. Dr. Price, thank you very much for being here today. It's such a pleasure to uh, meet you and be able to talk about this topic of flu today. But before we get started with that, I just want to kind of have have you introduce yourself a little bit and give a little bit of your background for us.
1: Sure, Kate. Uh, thanks for uh, having me uh, today. I came to Lynchburg, where my wife and I did in uh, 1986 after uh, graduating from East Carolina uh, School of Medicine. We came here from we were here from 1986 through 1989. With uh, where I did my residency here at Virginia Baptist Hospital. Starting in 1989, I joined Lynchburg Emergency uh, Physicians and have been uh, practicing uh, emergency medicine for 30 plus years. Okay. And also, currently, I'm um, medical director of the Gretna. My emergency department, which is satellite. Okay, um, yes. We yeah. are for Centra, as well as medical director for HealthWorks uh, Occupational uh, Medicine Center here in Lynchburg.
0: Very cool. So you were actually a part of Centra before Centra was Centra as a hospital system, to speak then, right?
1: Very much so. Yeah. So I've seen the, the hospitals merged uh, back in, I think it was January of 1980, 1987. Yes, the uh, Central Health was uh, formed at that point in time and been a part of the organization since then.
0: Oh, very cool. Well, we're so excited that you're here today to talk a little bit more about this topic of flu. This is such a hot topic this time of year, and we've seen numbers kind of already skyrocketing on the charts this year for for different flu engagements and that sort of thing. So I wanna dive right into this and talk a little bit about defining the flu. I think there's a little bit of confusion sometimes about what flu is, what flu isn't, what's the difference between that and just a really bad cold. Talk a little bit about that for us.
1: It's a very good question. So influenza or the flu is a respiratory illness caused by the influenza virus and it causes symptoms of headache and sore throat, cough, aches, and fevers, and you compare that to your common cold, which is or caused by different viruses. Mm-hmm. And there are adenoviruses and rhinoviruses and different viruses that cause the common cold. But usually they don't make you as sick as the influenza virus.
0: Okay. Now, there is a flu season that we talk about all the time, but I think it might be a little longer than people actually think it is. When does when flu, when do we need to typically watch out for that?
1: So flu is present in the population throughout the year. Okay. Okay, and we usually see peaks starting in or around October, okay. kind of uh, mid fall, uh, and continues through March and April. The uh, peak month for the flu is actually February. So we haven't oh, we haven't
0: even hit it we yet.
1: <laughs> we have not hit it yet. Flu started a little earlier this year, uh, as far as seeing uh, different cases of it than it did uh, last year. So it's, a, it's here, it's it's time to you know, get treated for it and watch out for it and watch for you symptoms.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and actually, that's a good segue. Talking about symptoms, um, what what are the symptoms that we should be looking out for when it comes to flu?
1: So, again, usually a flu is a fever, and we define fever as temperature greater than 100.4. So okay. you'll often get a call or you'll call your provider and they say you've had fever, and you might say I've had, 98.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) But as medical professionals, we define it as 100.4. So it's easy to just remember 100. If you have a fever over 100 and you have respiratory symptoms, you have sore throat, again, headache, cough, uh, aches and pains, myalgias, I just don't feel good.
0: Okay. Okay. So, kind of um, some of those symptoms that I think people are sort of questioning anyway Like is this a cold? Is this not a cold? But some of those can kind of run concurrently, so it's important to kind of keep an eye on what your body is doing, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's you know, it's where you need to contact your healthcare provider to sort some of those issues and symptoms out. One of the things that we do see a little difference in children, pediatric population, and adults is the nausea vomiting that goes with it. So you hear people say they've got the stomach flu.
0: Right, right.
1: And so there's really not a quote stomach flu, but you can have gastrointestinal symptoms. Mm-hmm. Children often will get nausea vomiting. Okay. Usually adults don't.
0: Interesting. Yeah, so okay. that's
1: one of the things. That, so if parents, uh, their child has fever over 100 and they've got nausea they've got vomiting very well could be the flu
0: right okay good to know i'm a parent of three and so that is good information to have for sure so at you said it peaks around february flu season peaks around february typically we're already well into january at this point is this i there are people that are going to be asking well is this too late to get my flu shot? Do I still need a flu shot? What would your answer be to that?
1: Oh, Absolutely not. So this this is the time, if you've not received your flu shot, this is the time to get it. And there's the influenza vaccines are available at multiple locations. I would contact your primary care uh, provider. You can get them at the pharmacy. You can contact uh, health departments, uh, urgent care centers, right. and just see if the flu shots are available. It takes about two weeks for the flu shot to build up uh, enough resistance where okay. you won't get the flu. So okay. it's not like you get the shot and I'm not going to get the flu.
0: <laughs> right, it's so, like the magic So, <laughs> so the,
1: the uh, sooner you can get the immunization now, the better off you'll be. Okay.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that then, about this idea of prevention. Um, I think for many of us... And, and I will I will say this from my own personal experience in my past. I was very adverse to getting the flu shot for years because the one time I had had one years and years and years ago, I got sick immediately after. And I was like, well, the flu shot gave me the flu. Why do I want that flu shot? What would you say to people that that's their argument for not getting one?
1: So you were absolutely not getting the flu from getting a flu shot. You might have some minor side effects okay. just like you did. You, you know, your arm might hurt you know, just for a day or so, right. you might feel just kind of achy and you don't feel as good as you normally do, but it is much better than not getting and acquiring a flu.
0: Right. <laughs> so if you're like me and you don't want to get it because you're afraid it might get you sick, it's actually just better just to go ahead and go, ahead and get, and go and get it. Well, okay. So getting your shot is super, super important. We've talked a little bit about where to find those around in the area. I know this time of year, it's, it's a little bit all over the place, so you you said you recommend making some phone calls and that kind of thing?
1: Yes, I would, and it's uh, the issue with the uh, flu shots, and you might call, and this just where I usually get my medications. They're out of it, and so the CDC has to decide about six months before the flu shots are mm-hmm. out what is going to be in that flu shot for this year, okay. and so they do a the great job of looking at prior strains of flu and what caused it. And you know you have to order the amount that you expect to use. You know almost, th- you know three, four, five months ahead of time. Right. So that's why you know, all of a sudden you've got a you know a big flu epidemic and people coming in and there might not be available. But don't don't let that discourage you. Call somewhere else and get your flu shot.
0: Okay, good. Now, are there other things that you can do in addition to getting your shot that can prevent the spread of flu?
1: Yeah, so the common things that we always uh, talk about as far as prevention, if you have any type of uh, respiratory symptoms is, you know, some common sense things. When you're coughing is to sneeze into your elbow. Right. (laughs) Use tissues. If you get sick, you know, get a a box of tissues. Get a trash can nearby. Dispose of your tissues. Mm -hmm. If you have respiratory symptoms, whether it's the uh, flu or not, and you've got fever you don't need to be out in the general population right you, right. you need to stay home from work stay home from school yeah. until you've been fever free for uh, 24 hours without taking any medication
0: okay and that's key because yeah. I think a lot of people are like well I haven't had a fever for 24 hours but you have to also not have been on medication right. for 24 so, hours.
1: so no Tylenol or ibuprofen okay. whichever medicine you take just you, know, you have to be off that for 24 hours.
0: Okay, good to know. I love the um, the sneezing into the elbow thing. I did that with my kids when they were younger and they used to call it the cape. They were pretending like they were putting a cape around their face to do that. So if you've got little kids, you can make it fun even to try fun. to prevent that. And, sh- that. And, show,
1: and show them, teach them how to, how to do it. And you know, you know, oftentimes you'll you know, people will get a little self-conscious about you know, they'll are they out to go to the doctor's office and they've got respiratory symptoms and they'll have them put on a mask. Sure. And the reason is because you, you don't want to spread the, the flu out.
0: Absolutely, yeah. just better so. safe than sorry, and always to have that etiquette when you're in you're yeah. in public. But even better to not go out in public if you don't have to if Correct. you've got those symptoms. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about defining the flu, the symptoms, kind of early and ongoing symptoms, and then a little bit about that prevention um, with getting the shot and some additional things that you can do with that. Let's talk a little bit about diagnosis. What happens when you are actually diagnosed with the flu? Because I think sometimes it can just feel like, you know, life is over for a little bit and you don't really know what's going on. So... I know when you go into the doctor's office you can you can be swabbed for flu what does that look like in terms of the testing phase for that so
1: the uh, flu swab it takes when you go in it takes 15 minutes basically to basically run the test and it's a good test if it turns out to be a negative if you go in you have a you know a negative swab you're like you yeah, probably don't have the flu mm-hmm. got a positive uh, swab other things can cause that to be positive mm-hmm. too so the the test is not an absolute okay. and the test is actually not even Recommended for everyone if you go in and it's flu season which it currently is right right in the middle of Mm -hmm. it And you've got the symptoms of the flu Then most likely you will be prescribed uh, antiviral medications for okay the question comes in is to When your symptoms started because that defines if you're able to or you qualify for the antiviral medications Okay, so you have to have been your symptoms have started uh, 48 hours or less if you mm. go in and you come to see me at the office and you've had symptoms for four days, the uh, flu medicines, will, you, you probably would not be prescribed the flu medicine okay. Unless you've got some really, you're really sick with it and some other things that are going on. Right. But just okay. for somebody to come in with the flu, you would not get it. It's 48 hours or less. So it's key when you start having symptoms, and especially when you start having fever, right. that you, you can get tested and okay. um, get examined
0: now we talked a little bit about this you and i did um when we were talking earlier that just because it's negative doesn't mean that you don't have the flu is that right
1: correct yes so if if it's negative there's a small percentage that you that you still have the flu but again it's it's basically a clinical diagnosis right Okay. So there's, again, there's other things that can cause. So you could, you know, you could, a kid can have an ear infection. Mm-hmm. Ear infection can be caused by the flu. Sure. So okay. is it a, you know, do you is it a bacterial infection that you'll need antibiotics for? Is it, you know, this is a flu. The flu swab comes back positive. Right. It's probably coming from your flu.
0: That's why it's so important to be able to go see a medical professional about it and not try to self-diagnose when it comes to things like this. We often
1: do that. We often do yes,
0: that. Yes, yes, for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit about strains because we hear in the news a lot from year to year. You talked a little bit about it a few minutes ago when it talked about the development of the flu shot and how the CDC has to sort of develop that six months in advance and that sort of thing. But they do it based on... What they think the strain is going to look like for the year. So tell us a little bit about what the difference is between this strain A and strain B. I feel like those terms get thrown around and people don't really know what that means.
1: Yeah, so there's, for great information, you can there's, you can go to the cdc.gov mm-hmm. and pull up information and that website will give you where the flu is active in your area okay. and the different types of flu. And it changes as this kind of season goes on okay. into different seasons. So I recommend, again, the cdc.gov, but for this year through uh, last week we were seeing primarily type B flu. Okay. About 60% or so of the cases are type B, about 40% are type A. Mm-hmm. But it varies with the different populations. So it's kind of interesting that the pediatric population up to young adults through age 24 have been predominantly type B. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. From 25 to 65 have been sort of a mix, both A and B. Mm-hmm. And the over 65 population has been primarily A. Okay. So we're seeing all all strains.
0: Now, in layman's terms, how would you define the difference between what is A and what is B? What does that mean?
1: So A, there's subtypes of A. And this goes back to, I can give you a little bit about the... The history of the sure thing. yeah we can talk about that so the most people that are listen to the podcast uh, podcasts are uh, probably not born in 1918 but, <laughs> but, but there's where the, the first pandemic of the flu was you know during kind of world war one and there were you know millions of deaths mm. from from the mm-hmm. flu at that point in time uh, and then we had another pandemic these are all type a flus okay? okay and type a flus have caused pandemics all over the world okay type b flus have not And so, what we're seeing this year is type B.
0: Okay. Which is which is the better version? So yeah,
1: so it's it's bad, but it's but it's the the virus is is not as aggressive as the type A. Okay. But we had another pandemic, you know, 50 years later in the mid 50s, um, one that most people remember is about 10 years ago in 2009. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. That's the one, and that was a type A, and it was typed as an H1N1. You'll Mm -hmm. see that on the news. Uh, Very aggressive uh, virus. And what happens with the flu virus is that it changes. It's probably a smart virus than we are. Right. So if you, you know, we we say, hey, we've got prevention against this strain, and then the virus changes a little bit, mm-hmm. mutates to a to a different antigen, and causes different problems.
0: Right. So. Okay. So when it comes to getting your flu shot, then they are trying to type it for what they think will be the strain that will be most popular that year. Is that how that works? Correct.
1: And the, and they've been. The, uh, influenza vaccination this year has uh, uh, lined up with the type of flu that the CDC is seeing. Okay. So, and the,
0: this year it's primarily B. You primarily said. B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At
1: this point in time, you might see we might see it switch over to A. And sure.
0: <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah. Let's hope it just stays yeah. with B. So, if you end up contracting the flu and you get diagnosed with that, it, and you're starting to get treatment for that, is it an automatic? Blanketed yes, that everyone in your family needs to also receive treatment. Or how does that work when you live in a household of people?
1: Yes, that's a that's a great question. So the recommendations from the uh, CDC is your household contacts do not get treated unless they've got diseases of you know kidney problems. They've got a lot of comorbid Mm -hmm. issues, kidney problems, you know, severe diabetes, those sort of things, and then they will put them on prophylactic treatment.
0: Okay. So kind of it would just depend on depends depends
1: on the on the family member. But if you've got uh, healthy family members, uh, usually we do not uh, prophylactically treat those other family members. Okay,
0: and then of course, if symptoms start to pop up with anybody, then you would need that's to. that's when you can
1: need to go in and, right. and be seen,
0: yes. Okay, so we talked a little bit about your flu report the other day to the emergency medicine reports, yes. kind of on a national level. It. How does Virginia match up with what we're seeing nationally for for the flu in terms of treatment and how things are being diagnosed? I know a few years ago Virginia was one of the hot button states for the flu, and it was like red on the map of yeah. the heat map.
1: And it's it's still the, the whole uh, East Coast. Is it, if there's not a, anywhere on the East Coast, I don't think you're currently seeing it. It's right. Not, the flu is not very active, and you know it's a major cause of respiratory illnesses. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's just that time of the year, and Okay, this is a question that we receive often, and it's sort of the, the scare tactic that sometimes people hear, you know, well, what if I don't get my flu shot, or what if I can't access one? I've heard that there's been deaths on the news and that sort of thing. What do you say to people that, that are just sort of afraid of the flu and what that looks like?
1: So the the question is, like you, we talked about earlier, is you get your flu shot and I get the flu, and that's not not the case. right? So you, you don't get the flu from, you might feel bad. So the there's been, you know, reported deaths, pediatric deaths uh, so far in 2019, early 2020, from flu. So the the chances of getting sick and having uh, critical illnesses and being hospitalized are greater from acquiring the flu than a side effect of a flu vaccine. Than a flu
0: vaccine, yeah. And obviously, prevention is, is huge and is key, and we want to make sure that we get that, that messaging out to people just to try to keep that under control. But we also don't want people to be afraid that there's a pandemic waiting to happen at any moment either, because what we're hoping is that through education and wellness prevention, people are starting to sort of get on board with that, and um, that education is going to hopefully keep those numbers down going forward. So that'll be good, I think, hopefully. <laughs> All right, so we, we talked a little bit about the diagnosis then. What does treatment for flu actually look like? I think that there's a little bit of a discrepancy maybe in what people think that they should be doing when they are treated for the flu and, and kind of what does that look like? Yeah, so
1: the, the flu is a clinical diagnosis. The uh, laboratory test certainly can supplement that and, and confirm it. But if you're having symptoms and you go there, the treatment options or give you antiviral medications if you present less than 48 hours right. after your symptoms. Mm-hmm. And there's basically four medications that have been are currently recommended for flu treatment. Okay. And the most common is uh, Tamiflu, which has been around since 1999. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe it's 20 years. It's wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh versus a uh, so FLUZA, which was approved by the FDA in October of 2018, okay, it's been on the market. So both of these are uh, medicines you uh, take by mouth. Mm-hmm. The difference in the Tamiflu is you end up having to take it for usually it's a five-day course okay, versus the newer medication that was approved last year. Uh, the, so FLUZA is a single, uh, you take one, one dose. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that's the uh, difference. Uh, cost is a factor. Okay. So you need to discuss that with providers and, sure. and that sort of thing. Those are all costs are always a concern. And then there's uh, intranasal that we also use. And then there's a, if you get sick enough where you're in the hospital and you can't take anything by mouth, there's an IV. So there's okay. we've got it covered for all. So of it's your,
0: sort of a gradient, a gradient of treatment, of
1: treatment. Yes. Yeah.
0: options. Okay. And
1: it doesn't the uh, it doesn't cure the flu. People say, okay, I'm you know going, I'm getting my medication. And now I've cured, you're not cured from the flu. Mm-hmm. It just it decreases your symptoms by about a day or so. Okay. So you're usually, when you get sick from the flu or you're exposed to it, let's, let's say I've got a cold now and I'm exposed to you as we're doing this podcast, right. is that it takes one to kind of four days for you to start, you know, okay. incubate. And right. And you will start having symptoms. But you're actually contagious about usually 24 to 48 hours before you start having symptoms.
0: Okay. So sometimes
1: you're contagious you don't know. Great. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, if you're feeling bad you, know, you really think about, you know, should I stay out of the right, uh, public right. eye?
0: We should all and, just live in a bubble for and, three months during and, the winter. Is and, that what it is? <laughs>
1: when, you, when you get your fever, that's when you're, you're really shedding the virus tremendously. Okay. And that's when you're really contagious to other people and the things we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. staying out of the, the public eye. And,
0: sure. Well, if I suspect then that I have the flu and I need to go be diagnosed, what is my best course of action? Where do I go first?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, I think in there, there are a lot of options there in the area. There's different urgent cares mm-hmm. you certainly can uh, go to that your wait times are, are not very long. Everybody's busy this time of year. Mm-hmm. You know, you can certainly call your primary care office, health departments, mm-hmm. uh, here locally, there's Johnson Health Center. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of resources. People say, you know, I can't, I can't get an appointment, but, you know, there's there's resources available, right? And the, so, and the wait times probably the urgent cares are, are certainly less than they are in the emergency room. And if you go to the uh, emergency department, you know there's a lot of you know, really sick people there. Right. You're, you're in a waiting room. You've got you know a lot of folks that are exposed. You're exposed yeah. to different things. So I would say the urgent care is probably be right. the quickest way.
0: So ideally, we want to say don't immediately go to the emergency room if you're if you're sick like that. You want to kind of go through these other. Yeah, we're we're
1: not not going to be exposed to to as many sick people as you would.
0: Good to know. I want to talk a little bit more about the medicine that we just talked about a few minutes ago on the treatment. Are there different ages that certain medicines are better for? Is there something that you need to be mindful of if it's a pediatric case versus an elderly case or someone in the middle? And What does that look like in terms of treatments for those?
1: So back up a little bit because I think think this is important information as far as, preventing the flu mm-hmm. in pregnancy so mm. you start out with with that so the flu shot is approved in pregnant women okay okay and one of the nice things about that is you can't get your flu shot it's not approved for children that are six months or less okay so you, you know when you have a baby now all of a sudden you've got an infant there right. they're very susceptible to you know respiratory mm-hmm. illnesses this time of year yeah. RSV flu whatever so if the mom Gets the flu shot while she's pregnant, then it will protect that baby until she, uh, she or he can uh, get their flu shot at age six months. Okay that's when you can, you can first get it. Good
0: to know. So no, no, know. no
1: contraindication during during pregnancy. If for some reason uh, your infant acquires the flu, treatment is available down to one month. The medications have been approved down oh, okay. to four weeks.
0: That's really good because I think a lot of parents assume that you can't treat infants right. when they get very, very sick like that. Right. So all the way down to one month, one month approved.
1: is okay. approved. And, you know, a lot of time, this time of year in infants, we end up seeing a lot of uh, respiratory syncytial virus, right. RSV is common. So is it's just a flu, is it an RSV, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, or is it routine, ear infections, sure. they've got fever.
0: Yeah. Kids, they catch everything. Kids, kids, <laughs> All kids, <laughs> those germs. But yeah, but we would definitely encourage them, if you do have a child that is symptomatic of any of those things, to get that checked out as soon as possible, because you don't want those symptoms to go super long without being diagnosed and treated Absolutely. with that. All right, the, the other question that's sort of a, a one-off that we get often around here is, what happens if I'm allergic to eggs? Can I still get the flu shot? Because you'll see that come up sometimes in those pre-shot questionnaires, and what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so eggs is not a contraindication, or egg allergy is not a contraindication to getting the flu. If you've had severe reactions from an egg allergy, recommend that you see your allergist do a little test mm-hmm. to see if you can take it most people can okay but just if you know if you don't have if you've not had a severe reaction to eggs you can you can get the flu shot
0: Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Well, that's good because I think sometimes that pops up in that questionnaire and people are like, well, I don't know what to do with that information. Exactly. <laughs> so that's good. All right. Well, this is awesome. We've, you know, again, we've talked about defining the flu. We've talked about some symptoms and prevention and then what that looks like for diagnosis and treatment. Is there anything else that we've missed that you just feel like the public needs to have this information about flu?
1: Um, I would just, I wish I could show on my graph now, because again, we're, you know, peak season, flu season is probably not here.
0: Right. And
1: I can't encourage you enough to, if you've not had your flu shot, to, to make that happen. The side effects are minimal. Mm-hmm. The benefits are a lot greater.
0: Right, right.
1: If you um, acquire a respiratory illness, you know, as we talked about, the uh, prophylactic things are, you know, covering your mouth, mm-hmm. using tissues, keep yourself hygiene, plenty of rest, plenty yes. of sleep, and uh, stay home until you don't have a fever without any medications for 24 hours.
0: Yeah, I think that's key, especially yeah. in all of this, is the prevent the prevention side of things is absolutely key in making sure that's good. But if you've been sick, don't come back to work. Don't be the hero. Yeah. Right now is not the time no. to be the hero. Yeah. So if
1: you've been sick... then what happens if you, you know, your office workers or your you know, school friends and... You know, your basketball team, whoever, right. you know, all of it now everybody's sick with, right, sick with the flu. Right, which is
0: great. And yeah. while we all want to be the person that shares lovely things with people, we don't yeah. want to be the person that starts a flu pandemic. <laughs> so exactly right. Nobody wants to be patient yeah. zero. Well, Dr. Price, thank you again very much for being here with us today and talking a little bit more about flu and all of these important features of of things that we need to to learn about it and to operate with. And uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. This is always such a privilege to be able to talk with you, our community, and our patients. And we hope you stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.